and welcome to Tools in the Shed, a podcast powered by Cars Guide, ready to rip into car stuff that has caught our eye this week. I'm James and with me is Chesto, Howdy. who's going to fill us in on the dawn of an exciting new automotive era. Yes, I am. And Matt, G'day. who's been behind the wheel of a monster truck. Yeah. Ooh. Not a real monster and truck. Matt, well, don't, monster. don't burst the bubble. Oh, sorry. Keep watching. Stay Keep tuned. Watching. <laughs> and we'll catch up with our favourite stargazing, pickup truck revealing, eccentric entrepreneur in this week's Musquash. Musquash. So, stay with us. First of all, some feedback. Now, uh, Vapory Abyss on uh, YouTube mm, said, mm, mm, I agree with everything Richard said. Yes. Crying, right. laughing emoji. So, what is, how do we read that then? Richard said a lot of stuff. And I, I think we <laughs> were last week talking about the things that drive you nuts. Oh, on yes. The road, that's right. right. So, Richard had a laundry list of things. He did. Basically, everything. He was yes. hating on everything. Yes. Every he time he gets in a car, he doesn't actually like driving in or cars. No. Be. He says, mm. very tightly wound too behind the wheel, Richard. Be. <laughs> Don't worry about him. So, uh, Dakulk says, G'day, mates, exclamation oh. point. Thanks for the great job you're doing helping me prepare mentally for our move to Sydney oh, around oh, Easter 2020. Now, um, he says he couldn't agree more that uh, wagons are better than SUVs ah, good, and yep. people movers. We, we yeah. had that little discussion yeah. last week. Um, he says, I also want to kindly correct you on one of the most often repeated urban myths. Sticking to the slowest right lane in Europe is by no means a rule, rather an exception. You can see it maybe in Spain or Portugal, but not around the big cities and in the Nordics. Uh, but here in Germany, forget it. There's an unlimited autobahn southbound from Frankfurt, the A5, five lanes at times, and they're all occupied by Ford Fiesta drivers who don't give a damn if you're approaching at 150 or 250 kilometres an hour. They'll not give way while overtaking at 1 kmh speed difference. Neither will E63 drivers. Oh, there you go. So this is a bit of home truth here. This wow. is literally a person on the ground. I'm driving five kilometres an hour faster than the guy on the right, so I have my holy right to stay on the leftmost lane as long as I need to. Wow. Although I could stop on it and be gone in seconds. So that hasn't been my experience, I must submit, but I'm very yeah. happy to take some uh, so local said, knowledge. That's probably why the bastards are thinking uh, what the bastards are thinking. Cheers from Frankfurt. Ah, well, okay, so awesome. Dakulk cool is going to be with us in Easter next yeah. year. Oh, great. Welcome. Uh, Twigda. Twigda yeah, comes mate. back and says... Um, Hey, guys, you leave the rat alone. Now, I think we need Twigda to expand on that. Yes. I'm not 100% sure what he means there. We did have a story on Oversteer about tiny rats driving tiny cars. <laughs> yes, maybe Maybe he's referring to that. Could have been that. That was authored by our very own Georgia. Could have been Let talking about Richard. Uh, he is a Gunners supporter. He's, he's uh, located near uh, Arsenal in London, and he just connected with Richard. He says, Richard, I knew you was a legend. Because <laughs> he comes from Camden Town in, in London, but he's in Ballarat. How good. Uh, what on earth were you doing? Was you doing in the grime and depths of Camden? Anyway, they, <laughs> he's comparing notes with Richard about a whole bunch of stuff that they used to drink in a certain pub with Amy. Turns out it was Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Okay. Wow. They, they um, were both having to drink with. Maybe they were in the pub together. Didn't know each other. Yeah. Never got each other's name, but were right at the same table with Amy Winehouse. Yeah. Who knows? Is this like when I had uh, I had lunch with yeah. Steve Renoff in a Brisbane food wow. court when he was ordering food in front of me? Steve that, Renoff, the Renouf, football player. Renouf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so. almost as big as Amy Winehouse. And Wendell <laughs> Saylor was there too. So. A big Dell. The Dell. The Dell was there as well. Anyway, he also has a has a crack at Australian pubs. We can't do it like they do. No, we can't. I, I totally agree, agree with that. He says, um, no one can do blah, 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 sausages and batter and curry sauce and chips. <laughs> but now I'm getting greedy. He goes, peace. Peace <laughs> out. All, you know, peace. Fingers up, victory symbol. Uh, so thank you, Twigda. 
Hammer rocks. Now, we had the discussion. One of the peeves we had was lane discipline and whether people should move over and stay in the slowest lane, all that kind of stuff. Twig just says, I frequently drive the M1 motorway, Sydney to Newcastle. Uh, So that's north out of Sydney. Uh, Very pit peeve are middle lane hogs. Insisting on staying in the middle even when not passing other vehicles. Mm-hmm. Either they're ignorant of the rules and or are simply lazy drivers and don't care. The signs keep left and less overtaking is not just for show, you know. <laughs> because of these hogs, I often find the very left lane on the M1 flows quicker than the middle lane. It does. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. just call it the fast lane. Yeah. I uh, I drove that very road last Friday after the podcast, heading north out of Sydney. Just because you wanted to experience yeah, it. Yeah, I just wanted to get a bit of rage, a bit of rich and rage. <laughs> no, but I found the same thing. I spent the whole yep. time in the left, left lane, lane flying past people, yeah. but I think that is illegal. Are well, you da- not allowed da- to overtake? Da Cook, our friend in Frankfurt, chimed in and said, uh, replying to Hammer, I'm, I often have to resort to doing the same here in Germany, although it's illegal, and there is absolutely no police enforcement of the right lane rule whatsoever. Mm. Is overtaking on the left actually permitted in Australia? And Hammer comes back and says, technically it is. So I haven't had time to do the homework on this, but yeah. um, I've never be- he says, I've never been booked, nor anyone I know. Mm-hmm. from overtaking slow vehicles travelling in the middle lane on the left lane, touch wood. Yes, so the deal, I think, and look, my driving record would suggest I don't have a, the <laughs> firmest grasp on road rules, on but, anything. <laughs> yeah. or anything for that matter. But uh, I think if you're in left lane, provided you don't ex- exceed the speed limit, yeah. you, and you're allowed to do whatever the hell you want. I so if someone else should slow down in the middle of the right lane and you're still sitting on 110, you, you obviously see. you don't have to slow down with them. You can keep on going. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because Paul Victor, First time, uh, long time listener, first time commenter. Oh, yeah. Uh, came in and Paul. said, and now he's obviously a heavy truck driver. Yeah. So he has a different point of view. He says, I have to take you to task saying that trucks should stick to the left lane. Since a truck is as long as about 15 plus cars, yeah. Um, and the total lack of cars to mer- merge, they don't merge properly. Yeah. So when he's in the left lane, they stuff him up. So he's got to get on the brakes. Yeah, I've seen it And so then he's got times. to get back up to speed, which uses a lot of fuel. Yeah. Um, so for him, it's problematic. He wishes, I'm sure, that it was better, but reality is what it is. Yeah. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, I totally disagree with you. Uh, move the, uh, make the lanes of the highway dedicated to a minimum speed, regardless of vehicle type. Yeah. So I think, Paul, that's a fair enough point. I hadn't thought of that, that how much you do have to get on the brakes and slow that whole big rig down to accommodate dopes yeah. who don't know how to merge. Absolutely. And, yeah. So this, many this dopes don't know for another podcast, but uh, I think we just need to give truck drivers a bit more space. How many times in the city do you see truck yeah. drivers pulling up to a red light yeah. and a car who doesn't want to sit behind them dives yeah. in front at the Terrible. last minute without quite realising how much it takes I've to got, pull up a thing yeah. I was size, saying this. You know? I was talking about this to Mal earlier today. There's a great um, series of YouTube videos, if you've got time, uh, called The Punisher. All right, now he's a bus driver. In Moscow. And what he's done <laughs> is he's is. put a push bar on the front of his bus so that if you pull in, no damage to his bus, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just going to ram it. Keep on going, yeah. yeah. So it's a dash cam from just above him on the front window. <laughs> and you see these lunatics pull in at the last minute and just get hammered yep. yeah. and get out like, what? He's just... <laughs> Whatever to do. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The Punisher. The Punisher. Um, anyway, Moscow. final comment is Cody GH. Do some more about Suzuki Jimny, please. Cool oh. videos. Keep up. The good work. Great. So I think we'll just put up, for people watching on YouTube, a gratuitous picture of a Suzuki Jimny. Yes. Hey, I, I, can, I can provide that picture. You can of, provide uh, that of, picture. Of my Suzuki Jimny. Of a classic Jimny. Very own. My, classic, classic, yeah. my 2007, That's right. which I changed the wheels on last week. Oh, so you? now they're black, not white, and it looks tough. Same rubber though, or did you go for... Yeah, same rubber, because it was new tires yeah. recently. So. But you made the tires white. 
No, no, no. 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 Rims black. Rims black. Tires still black. It's tires still black. Black on yes. black. That does seem to be <laughs> the trend. It looks cool though. Yeah, it looks why? tough. It's the norm. It's the norm. Tell now, us if you think it looks tough. Or, speaking of well, trends, you're going to be wrong. And trends that may be changing. Yes. Chesto, you've been reading the tea leaves, and what is coming at us? So it's actually usually I'm in here ranting about something, but today I'm in here celebrating something, and that is the fact that it does feel to me like we are once again on the cusp of an affordable performance revolution. Yep. I'll tell you why. So if, you would all remember the glory days of the 90s. When, I, I hate those expensive performance revolutions. Yeah, the they're the worst yeah, kind. So they are affordable the performance Affordable, revolution. perfect yes. for people like us, yep. in touch with the common man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so you remember the 90s where Japan was kind of like this powerhouse of sort of affordable performance. But you know, think about all the cool cars. MR2. It, uh, it, CR, uh, was it, what was it called? CRX? No. Yeah. It's little yeah, because it came back as the CRZ, CRX. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nissan Exa. Yeah, or various but others. Even like Sylvia's, Integra's, all the Type yep. R's that were out there. There was yep. so much cool stuff. 300s and, you know, Fair yes. Ladies, all that kind of gear. It was all this cool gear. And then yep. for some reason, Japan went really, really boring for quite a long time. So Nissan, of course, keeps rolling out Z cars, but they leave them on the streets for... A two or three time. decades before replacing yeah. them. Yeah. Toyota's done virtually nothing. Nissan, uh, sorry, Nissan's moved away from it. Honda does the occasional Type R, but that's it. Anyway, the point is, though, I think we are on the cusp of a comeback. And I'll tell you why. So Toyota, for example, has embraced this idea of bringing performance back to their cars. We know that already, and we've now got our first taste of what that'll look like. Mm-hmm. So it starts with the Yaris GR. Ah. which is uh, Gazoo Racing, of course, which is going to be their performance brand. Yep. So that car was supposed to be unveiled at the uh, Coffs Harbour round of the rally, yes. but of course was delayed because the bushfires burning there. It's now expected to be revealed in Japan in January next year, as I understand oh, okay. it, uh, before going on sale later next year. And we are starting to learn a little bit about that car. So the Yaris is going to pack a turbocharged three-cylinder engine, and it is going to be all-wheel drive. Right. Now, uh, people of a certain age will remember... The Great Gazoo was a character in the Flintstones cartoon. Yeah, I remember cartoon, the Great Gazoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Green Martian guy. Yeah. That came <laughs> Loved him. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not the coolest performance car brand, is it? Gazoo no. Racing. And then it gets worse. The GRMN, which is Gazoo <laughs> Racing Masters, Masters of, of the Nürburgring. Nürburgring which is a bit... Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, sure. Anyway. Naff. Bit yeah. naff. Yeah, exactly. So we don't know exactly how much power that Yaris is going to be producing. But remember, in that field, you need to be making about 150 kilowatts and 300 newton meters to keep up. So that's where we'd expect that car to land. Yep. And that is the first of their YR, oh, sorry, uh, GR products. Yep. And they have already said they're going to GRify essentially the entire range. Yep. So, wow. And up to and including the Hilux, everything's getting a sort of go-fast badge. There was some talk recently that perhaps the Corolla wouldn't get it. Uh, I'm calling BS yeah, it's on that. Be, it's yeah. definitely going to happen. If that's happen. happening, Corolla will be in there. It's absolutely going to happen. That'll be yeah. next. But that's not all. So Hyundai at the LA Auto Show this week revealed their own. Sorry, Matt. Hyundai. Hyundai. I, yeah. I say Hyundai wrong. Uh, so at the LA Auto Show released their own sort of vision of a performance future. And this thing is really, really cool. It's called the RM19. And it is a mid-engined, two-door performance car that wow. the brand promises will, will, revival, will rival supercars in terms of its handling and performance. Now, Fantastic. turbocharged two-liter engine makes about 291 kilowatts. It's the wow. engine from the brand's wow. TCR cars, yeah. only without the TCR regulations, which wow. meant they had to tune it down. So they've now been able to tune it right back up again. Uh, feeds the rear wheels. It's got, a, uh, I think, a six-speed 
gearbox, I think, sequential gearbox. Yes. Uh, and as I said, rear drive. So that yeah. car at the moment is just a concept. But on the stand, Hyundai's executive said, this thing's going to production. Wow. We're going to wow. get this. Fantastic. Yeah. That's exciting. So yeah. now we've got Toyota making cool cars. We've got Hyundai making mid-engine performance cars. We've got their in-brand in general doing yep. amazing things. And then last but not least, we've got the Toyota and Subaru have joined forces, as they have in the past, before, of course, on the yep. BRZ86. But now Toyota owns about 20% of Subaru. Yeah. So we're yet to see the new WRX. We're yet to see the new STI. But the heavy rumors out of Japan is uh, uh, that Toyota will have their own badged versions of those cars. Really? And the, and as well as another 86 BRZ? Yeah, so we know already yeah. there's a next gen. So there's an updated one coming and yep. we know there's a total new generation car coming. Yep. But there's also talk of Toyota doing, the WRX being a two-door coupe and, w, and Toyota doing their version of it. Yes. And of course, the rumours would suggest that it's going to be called a MR2 perhaps yeah. or a Celica. Midship runabout two-seater specialty. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah. where my two comes from. Oh, there you yeah, go. Absolutely. See, they've but always that had was, a, that draws back, catchy names. That draws back to your, you got a comment at uh, recent launch Celica. where Celica could return. Celica's All-wheel back. drive Celica. Yeah. So well, all-wheel yeah. drive, turbocharged, two-door, makes a lot of sense if that's where WRX goes. Makes a lot of sense if that's the Correct. new Celica. So, yeah. So, wow. yeah, and, there and, is a lot. And the stories in Japan, are, they call that car, which I absolutely love, the Super All-Wheel Drive, which oh, is its yes. sort of code name at the moment. But, but I it, want that to be its actual yeah. name. Well, I think it's encouraging and quite refreshing when you think about the breadth of what various car brands around the globe are offering. Mm-hmm. You tend to become dominated by, well, everything's going electric. Okay, that's yep. terrific. Yep. Huge benefits for the environment, etc. Maybe not quite as engaging uh, to drive at times. Um, and then you think about autonomy taking oh, yeah. the driving thing away altogether. Yep. But there will be a market for people Absolutely. who want to have fun in a car and want to drive a sporty uh, performance type car. Absolutely. So that's evidence right there. And it's the, really quite refreshing. And this is a rant for another time, but have you noticed that autonomy sort of really left the conversation mm-hmm. over the last 12 months? Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about it. Because, uh, except Elon Musk. Except Elon Because Musk. they've gone to that point where they've gone, it's going to be happening by 2020, yeah. there's going to be cars with no steering wheels. Oh, actually, no. It's, it's really, no, really it's hard. Not, it might really, not happen really by hard. 2050. Like, people are saying it just won't happen. Might not happen. I had a chat with a bloke from uh, from Nissan who, who whose job it was getting the the, the rover on Mars. So here's here's a guy who knows a thing or two about autonomous driving. Yeah, he was said it SD one or or uh, earlier P three P four rover. Oh, uh, well, because getting a rover on Mars—that's a heavy car. I, I, I mean, a dog. <laughs> <laughs> getting rover on Mars. It had to fit a little helmet. <laughs> But uh, but he just basically said, guys, it's not happening. It's impossible. There, oh, will, right. there will never. He calls it a, a human in the loop system. He said yeah. there will never be a time where right. there's not someone on the, in a call center on the other end of the camera saying, telling the car what to do, even if it's That's not. That's an you. interesting phrase, well, isn't it? Yeah. A human in the a loop. Human in the loop system. Yeah. When I was with uh, Toyota at the Tokyo Motor Show earlier this year, they we went to the TRIAD, which is their research institute for advanced development. Hold on, triad, triad, triad. And it, it's <laughs> their focus is on everything. From Future yeah. and they basically and they basically said that this this world of having a car that can drive itself in any situation using maps but no person behind the wheel it's a dream that's, yeah. that's impossible mm-hmm. you put that's you can't right pick now. up you can't pick up a car that's been taught to drive in Tokyo and put it in Mexico City and go. No. You've got to do this. No, you can't. Or Mumbai yeah. or right. Sydney. Right. You know, right. everything's different. And so it's, it's almost like, it's basically a racist kind of uh, concept. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. And is the triad still funding their development through protection rackets? <laughs> <or> <laughs> where are they getting their <laughs> money right. from? No, they're very good at their job. 
But we've moved right off performance <laughs> yeah, now. But which is perfect. Rest assured, performance is coming and affordable performance, which is my favourite kind of performance because I can imagine actually owning <laughs> yes. it one day. Um, yeah, sure. I also I also heard a little a little rumour that there's going to be an MG sports car actually going uh, to happen, ooh. which will be an affordable sports car. Yeah, so. but in true fashion of the current owners of the MG brand, it won't be called MG. Yeah, they'll well, call it something else because their SUVs are called MG. Yeah, so yeah. the inverse of that. But the uh, I, I'm. I did a story on this this week yeah. where they won't just be an SUV brand. So MG go. Australia is looking to expand into all different niches in the market. Okay. And sports, yeah. cars sports cars is, one of is them. an it's obvious good. one for them. Yeah, yeah, so right. a question for without notice then, has there been a good Chinese brand sports car, like a good, uh, or even like a hot hatch? That, that's something they haven't, to my knowledge, they've never really ventured down that path yet, have they? Same here. I, 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 don't, wouldn't, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so either. I think they are more focused on uh, environmental elements yep, because okay. there's been such heavy laws around EVs yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, China. And, all that. and there hasn't been, I don't think uh, traditionally that they've been a driving country. Yeah. They're not so keen on like the enthusiast side yeah, of things yeah, like yeah. Aussies are. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe there is one out there. If you know of a Chinese yeah, supercar no. or a hybrid supercar. The, or, the, the thing in, in trying to respond to that is I, I know so very little about a lot of the domestic yeah, brands yeah, that yeah, are producing too. cars in China. Yeah. So goodness knows what might be out there, yeah. um, actually. But rest yeah. assured that uh, Hyundai had never done a performance car either, and then they did the N, and yeah. it was a game changer. That's true. So uh, it can happen. Yep. Good one. Fantastic, Chesto. Thank you. Now. Matt, yes. we're going to move to yourself a different type of performance. Yeah, it is a very performance different performance under pressure. Yes, uh, let us know what you've been doing. This been week. towing a caravan with a Ram fifteen hundred. Wow! Yeah. So the Ram fifteen hundred diesel. It's the first time they've had a diesel version of the Ram fifteen hundred which is, if you're not aware of it, a very large ute or pickup truck, as they like to market it. Yeah, size of a block of flats. Yeah, yes. so it's uh, it's about half a metre longer than a Ford Ranger. Yep. So it's a big vehicle. Yep. Uh, and that's the appeal of it. It's got a huge cabin. It's got a really long tray. It can also tow a lot of weight. Um, weirdly, though, the diesel version can only tow three and a half tonnes. Yeah. Which is what a Ranger or a Navara or a Hilux. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so maybe not a Hilux. I don't think they can do three and a half. I think they can do 3.2 or 3.1 or something. Much more, four and a half. Four and a half, which the, you can the get in the petrol version. Yeah. yeah. So we, we were driving along, a bloke in a Ranger pulled up next to us, went, went down the window. Hey, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah, okay. What's up? He goes, I'll swap you. I said, oh, what do you mean? He goes, well, you can have this and I'll have that and that can tow my big caravan. I said, oh, well, it's only got three and a half tons, so it's the same as the Ranger. He goes, oh, you can keep it. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, but that's the that's the uh, mental bit that I struggled to come to any, terms. But any indication the, as to what's behind that difference? Uh, I I've asked. I haven't been given an answer. Okay. I think um, I have some slight answer because I think this, the, even though it's a new diesel for us, it's still the last gen diesel yes. in the states, and I think the new gen diesel over there does have a higher towing capacity. It will have when the new generation model comes here. It's yeah. expected to get a higher yeah, towing okay. capacity. But currently, legally in Australia, it's limited to three and a half tons. And on the uh, four and a half ton version, you get a you can fit a well you have to fit a larger tow ball, right. a seventy millimeter diameter tow right. ball. Right. Where this is a fifty mil, so it's a standard diameter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so it's not capable, I see. Uh, or not legally capable. But I tell you, it would be capable. Oh, it yeah. is three and a half without. So the, the yeah. diesel yeah. are the cylinders in a V, or are they? What, yes, what, it's yeah, a it's a V six turbo diesel, turbo three diesel. liter. Yep, um, with one hundred and seventy nine kilowatts and five hundred and seventy or five hundred and sixty nine newton meters. So it doesn't pack the most power and torque from a 3-litre V6 in the ute segment, and Amarok 
V6 has more. Uh, the Mercedes X-Class has more torque, I think, or more power. It's one of the other. Okay. Um, but it's it was just effortless because it's got a big footprint and it just gets along the highway pretty comfortably. Mm -hmm. You never feel like you're struggling with the weight behind you. We only had about 2,400 kilos all told behind us, which isn't isn't necessarily pushing the boundaries for that vehicle, but it does indicate what most people are going to max out at, right? Yeah. If they're looking to tow something. If they're towing a standard caravan. Yeah. yeah. So was it, it, was, it wasn't an Outback Dove? No. A Jayco Outback No, dove. it wasn't. It was a Jayco Journey, though. Jayco oh, Journey? Yeah. Do you stay in the caravan when you do this, by no, the way, or do you just tow it straight no. back? Sadly, our mates at Jayco Nowra, um, they, hey. they give us the car for the, the caravan for the day, yeah. and we're allowed to do what we need with it during the day. And you but, hand it back just full of empty bottles. Yeah, oh, it's a mess. Just packets all through oh, it's a mess. Um, but we, we do have, it's got a trade plate on it, so legally you're not allowed to, because it, it's not registered because they don't own it. Yeah, yeah, because so, they sold it, yeah. Yeah, so they have to sell it and then you can register it. But yeah. anyway, that's by the by. But it's, the caravan itself towed beautifully. Uh, the Ram, uh, as I said, I just could kept coming back to the fact, well, if you don't need a ute this big, then mm -hmm. why would you buy sure. this one? Because it's only capable of this much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in the conclusion, I basically said, well, you got to spend about 50 grand more than a Ford Ranger to get into this thing. And unless you need the size, you need the extra tray length or right. you need the interior cabin size, you yes. wouldn't, you really wouldn't But that's it. kind of, isn't that sort of the, the even the performance car argument? It, it, people who buy like 3.9 second cars and then drive them in the city, mm. they never need that performance. Yeah, you sure. never need it. Sure, nice sure. have it. I don't yeah. think Ram falls into that category. No one needs it. You're you right, which is big. the bigger conversation yeah. around emotion versus you know, pragmatism. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah exactly. Emotion often wins. Yeah, exactly. But the justification is pragmatism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bought oh, it because of the um, yeah the towing capacity yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, also right. the resale, and I love the quality. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Actually, it's because it's an effing big truck. Yeah, exactly. And you just love the way it makes you feel. And, and I like pulling mates, up at barbecues. It's simple as that. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Your mates love you for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but cars have been sold like that since the daughter time. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. You know? And that's the cool thing about uh, I think the Ram brand has really hit on a part of the market that was being missed by Absolutely. a lot of brands. And you know, it's it's an expensive vehicle, hundred and ten thousand dollars but they've they've sold two and a half Lots. thousand rams this yeah, year they're yeah. killing it which is huge but i made i have said this in a podcast before ram canary in the coal mine and deserve all the credit for making that happen because yeah. i was convinced it wouldn't work and mm -hmm. i was entirely wrong but they're not going to have that game to themselves for too much longer we, we know more. now silverado 1500 is coming mm -hmm. f-150 is going to come yep. this and titan will be here yeah uh holders uh, gm's looking at doing something so it's give it time super. yeah give yeah. it time super all right fantastic thank you matt now we are going to move to our garage and the vehicles that have been occupying it during this previous week. Mm -hmm. Jester, we're going to start with you. Yes. You've been in a, a classic. Performance You've been icon. Icon. Icon of the hot hatch world. I've been in the Golf GTI. Ah, oh, you lucky bugger. Yeah. It's funny, that, th that thing, actually. So 46,190 is the cost. Uh, 180 kilowatts, 370 newton meters. It's the power and torque, which is plenty. Plenty for, yep. for a hatch that's been, it's going to spend 370 most of 370 is a lot of torque. It's fine. That's for a car that size. So much yeah. torques. So yeah, much yeah. torques. Too so, much torques, yeah. even. <laughs> but I must admit, so I, I, I have enjoyed my time with that car immensely. It's very easy. Um, it you know it 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 has that wonderful dual personality factor of being a bit zippy when you really want it to be, but otherwise you, you can very easily Feel just drive it's around quite calmly and cruise like any other G uh, golf, rather. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I do worry that it's starting to pay the penalty for its um, for its icon status. I guess it doesn't because you're so used to them, you know what to expect. It it sort of fulfills its brief so well. 
it lacks a bit of that excitement factor maybe, mm. you know, whereas say an i30N, for example, it's this new thing, you, you know, it's manual gearbox, right. it has this booming exhaust, it, it sort of has that, I don't know, yes. the, the fizz as Jeremy well, I Clarkson suppose, I suppose the, um, the icon status plays to a strength in that people would have hankered for one for the longest time. Yeah, like, that's oh, right. You know, when I've got the money... I'm going to get a GTI. Yeah, exactly. You know, it has that kind of status. Exactly. Whereas I suppose Hyundai's still on the on the rise to try and get to that kind yeah. of desire, that aspiration. But yeah. I, I, to put it another way, and I'm just I'm not disparaging Hyundai here at all, but Hyundai has that surprisingly good factor. Like you get it and you go, okay. oh, this is better than I was expecting. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Only I because it's like Hyundai's you, first performance car. Yes. Oh, actually, they've really ticked yeah. all the boxes. Yeah, they've nailed it's it. kind of when people like when people meet you for the first time. Yeah. Oh, this opposite. guy's much nicer than I thought he was going to be. Whereas the Golf on the other hand, suffers from that. This is just as good as I expected it to be. Yeah. Like I expected yeah. it to be great. It's great. Yeah. So it lacks that kind of surprise and delight, delight factor. Fe- feature, yeah. you know what I mean? But again, that's not to disparage. It's a great card. Yeah. You know? It's an icon for a reason. Yeah. yeah. I like the. It, it doesn't have the Tartney style uh, trim. This, does it? this one doesn't. I don't uh, think uh, really like those. No, I couldn't have a gold. Couldn't have gold without, 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 without it. Without uh, yeah. it. the brave hard trim. trim. I agree. Oh. <laughs> Scottish heritage. Oh, well, partly Scottish. Scottish heritage. Also Italian. How much heritage have you got? I got heaps. I got all the heritage. Bootsmon. Well, we'll uh, thank you, Chesto. That we'll pleasure. move on. M4. Yes, Matthew, mate. you have been driving an Audi. I have been driving an Audi. The Q7. Yeah. Now, now boy. you might have noticed that the Q7 disappeared from Australia for a little while. It disappeared because of an emissions uh, system issue uh, where the AdBlue system wouldn't detect if it wasn't AdBlue in the system. Yeah. So they had to pull it from sale. It disappeared for nearly 12 months. Yeah. And now it's back. And there's a facelift coming next uh, year. Okay. This model is the existing look, but with a revised uh, AdBlue system or powertrain yeah, system. Okay. Um, and they've tweaked a few little things here and there, and it's still one of the most spacious seven-seat SUVs on the market. Yep. Largely it, a product of its immense dimensions. It is, it is larger. Is it larger than it looks, or is it smaller than it looks? I think it looks smaller than it actually is. is. Yeah. I think its its dimensions are well camouflaged yeah. by its design. Yeah, yeah. so um, my partner's brother's girlfriend, if that makes sense, yeah, she I... saw it the other day. She said, that doesn't look like a seven-seater. And that sums it up. Yep. It's a... It's just one of those cars that doesn't look as big as it is. So, so the TARDIS factor. It's, tar- it's, tar- it's predecessor. Yeah. Yep. I, Everyone called it the QE7 oh, because it, was it, it just looked so enormous. <laughs> Bulbous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this thing, uh, it's got uh, seven seats, obviously. All five of the back seats have child seat anchor points, which oh, is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yep, Great yep, flexibility yep, yep. if you are a parent. Yep. Sliding second row seats, electric folding rear seats. Yes. And, I mean, I have no kids. Um, I was driving it by myself most of the time, but I still found it quite pleasant. Yeah, and I think, actually, um, if I re- uh, remember correctly... It's isofix points in each of those yes. five seat positions yep. as well, not just a top tether. Yep. It's, 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 yeah, it's both, yeah. both for yeah, yeah. all five, which but is amazing. Does that pretty mean good. that they can't really take a trick at the moment, Audi? Does that mean that cars come back just in time to essentially go and run out for the facelift? Yeah, yeah. 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 So I think second quarter is when the facelift will arrive. So it's yeah, yeah. it's it's bad timing, bad timing, um, yeah. but better to have one than not have one. Yeah, I mean absolutely. the sales of 
uh, Q7 have dropped about 40% over the year. Of course. So they've had a minimal amount of stock that they could sell, yep. and now it's officially back they've on they've sale. They've been so. you know, uh, cut off at the knees because they've had minimal supply of A1 mm-hmm. and Q3. Yeah. Then Q7 disappeared. They're yep. about 25% down year on year. Yeah. Um, Everything so, was held up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, But if you're in the market for one, that means a good time to go and bargain for this one before exactly. the new one gets here. Yeah. All right, well, I'll chip in with a, uh, a quick one on the Hyundai Ionic. Uh, yep. It's an electric premium model. Yep. So it is around about fifty grand. Yep. It's forty nine thousand odd dollars before you put it on the road, and I really am a fan of of the Ionic. I think as a concept, in that it's been launched in three different models: yep. electric, plug-in hybrid, and non-plug-in hybrid. Um, this one has a pretty handy range: one hundred and eighty to two hundred kilometres mm-hmm. in normal use is what you're looking at. Thing it reminded me of though is spending a few days on end in an electric car is it's a it's perfectly comfortable it's surprisingly comfortable mm. but it's not engaging as a mm. as a drive um, as you'd like it to be for someone who likes driving put it into sport mode and it gets a little bit more of a spring in its step yeah. mm-hmm. but maybe I'm just too uh, connected to internal combustion Sound, engines yeah. you know that that do give a car a certain sense of soul or yeah. Or, or, yeah enhances that movement it, it does feel i drove it last night uh-huh. uh, and it does the the there is a shortcoming with electric cars in that they do feel more appliance like a bit yeah. i think yeah there that are characterful because the interior is a, is a bit blah as well but, you know oh, doesn't lack some of that i actually think that the way that they've changed that uh media screen mm-hmm. the old one felt a little bit better for some yeah. reason it was just a little bit easier to use yeah. this new one I think it's it takes big, a bit of biggest learning to have ever appeared in a Hyundai from memory I was yeah. trying to launch that car and okay. I took the electric up and down the old Pacific Highway which wasn't technically on the drive program but we were driving past it so we yeah. had to just give it a quick have a look you know mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that is the best driving car of the three the electric okay. and I think it has it must have something to do with the lower low centre of gravity yeah. and it just feels Wait. hugs the road a little yeah. bit better mm-hmm. the other two aren't as good aren't mm-hmm. as sort of invigorating on a yeah. twisty road so actually it acquits itself pretty well around corners but I absolutely take your point that it, it just lacks a bit of the again I'm going to use that term again the fizz the, the Jeremy yeah. Clarkson fizz yeah, yeah. that comes along yeah, that's with right. driving that's right. a car at so pace so perfectly capable I really like the point appliance like yeah. um, as opposed to yeah and lacking the fizz but there it is yep um, so speaking of fizz speaking oh. of someone oh. who can deliver it no in spades it's time for Musk Watch Right. So, first of all, we've had a catastrophic failure in SpaceX. Uh, SpaceX's first full-size Starship prototype has suffered an anomaly um, in (laughs) pressure testing. And we'll have, for people watching on YouTube, we'll have vision of that behind us. Um, The stainless steel... Now, this is reported by Space.com, but various ones were all over it overnight. Um, The stainless steel Starship Mark I experienced an anomaly during a cryogenic pressure test on Wednesday. And basically, it looked like something I'd made you know, with a with the MIG welder, <laughs> getting some propane put into it because it's going to run the barbecue and just going kablooey. The, the top literally blows off it. Oh, oh. And there's just steam or whatever it is, some kind of uh, stuff just vaporising out oh, into no. the atmosphere for a long way. Yeah, a very public 
uh, failure on that one. Catastrophic failure. So uh, SpaceX will, quote, now focus on developing more advanced prototypes rather than, <laughs> repair, rather than repair and retest the Mark I, company founder and CEO Elon Musk suggested via Twitter this afternoon. Good idea. I would say repairing the Mark I prototype was would impossible? be... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be glue. the bigger challenge. A lot of glue. <laughs> All right, now... Jesse, can I ask you one SpaceX question? Because yeah. I, I don't quite get this. Where is the money coming from from this? He's not actually selling anything with that program at the moment, well, is it? It's all there are some cash? connections with NASA. There are some, some other deals that have been done that would yeah. be giving that money uh, that business cash. But there's no, there's no like retail side of that business yet, is there? It's all oh, coming from If you from wanted to buy a rocket, cash. I reckon you could... Yeah, you know, pitch up there they do and a make an offer. Oh, maybe yeah. I do. There'd be a few out on is the forecourt. Any, what's the affordable? They have a few on the forecourt. Balloons, streamers, <laughs> yeah. bunting. Big blow-up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, the yeah. blow-up guy. Yeah. <laughs> Closing down sale. Used. Yeah. <laughs> Used demo. Never been out of this uh, orbit. One owner. Only yeah, failed one owner. once. Only light, lightly blowed up. Yeah. <laughs> so then the other big news is that as we're recording this, in just a few uh, oh, hours, the Cybertruck, as in the pickup, you call it what you like, mm. is going to be unveiled at SpaceX's uh, forecourt with yeah. some of the you know used rockets um, <laughs> either side. Uh, and we will have details of that on our website. So yeah. people that are listening or watching will be able to go there and find out what it's like. My take is, you know, I haven't seen it, but I don't like it. I've already made my mind up. But as I say, should go to the website for... for I did ask for that. some early doors information from Tesla on that, and they said absolutely not. Nothing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. No it is on the website as of now. But that's so only because it was it you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, as opposed right. to anyone else, probably got chapter <laughs> yeah, and verse right. on the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. And we're going back to, to spacey stuff. Satellite pollution is now uh-huh. a genuine uh, thing. And Forbes has been reporting on how Elon Musk can fix the damage his Starlink satellites are causing to astronomy. Mm-hmm. So the the story on Forbes is all about when things aren't regulated, people who see an opportunity have an opportunity to go in and just make the most of they it. They take advantage. Before, yep. before a government or some authority regulates what it is. So at the moment, you just get that feeling. Mm. Here are literally hundreds of satellites, be it, albeit small yeah. ones, going up into space. Yeah. And who is saying yay or nay on who owns any of space? that? Now, no. I think we've covered that before. There is some kind of sign-off. But the unintended consequences are substantial. So yep. in astronomy, the greatest resource of all is a dark, clear night sky, humanity's window to the universe. Traditionally, its enemies have been turbulent air, cloud cover, and artificial light pollution. But very recently, a new type of pollutant has begun to pose an existential threat to astronomy itself. Wow. Mega constellations of satellites. If Elon Musk's Starlink project continues as it has begun, it will likely end ground-based astronomy as we know it. Oh, wow. And so, so Starlink is this uh, internet service that he yep. wants to run from To bring over the web the world. to the masses. Yeah. Yep. So make it easier for people to get high-quality access to the internet. Wasn't, and wasn't Facebook involved in that at some point too? Weren't I'm they floating sure. internet balloons over places? I actually, well, it sounds like a fairly rudimentary approach to yeah. the problem, but yeah. anyway. I admire the tenacity of this project. You're right. But... Yeah, you've got to be held accountable, accountable. If, if you're ruining the nice view of the night sky. Problem is, regulation my is romance always gonna retrospective, go? well, isn't it? That's from, the the, from the darkest skies you can find on Earth, approximately 9,000 stars are visible to human eyes, down to a visual magnitude of plus 6.5, whatever that means, the limit of human vision. Yep. Yet, the first 122 satellites launched by Starlink are not overly 
are not overly brighter than the majority of these stars. They move quickly throughout the sky, leaving trails that pollute astronomers' data. Oh, good. So there are four different ways that this can be fixed. Deorbit the current batch of Starlink satellites. Yeah, that won't happen. <laughs> and place a moratorium on launch of new ones. Um, either redesign or coat the satellites to significantly reduce their reflectivity. Sounds like an idea. That but, could work, yeah. you know, Maybe that was thought of already. Provide real-time trajectory plans, predictions, and adjusted information for each satellite for observatory, uh, observatories worldwide. Um, provide funding to assist astronomers in, uh, astronomers in the development of hardware and software-driven solutions to subtracting out as much of the satellite pollution as possible. So, you know, you've got all of these observatories and they're, I'm sure, doing very good work and yep. blah, blah, going, I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. To be honest with you, space just feels like another thing we're ruining, doesn't it? We'll, <laughs> we'll, have, an image, and we'll have an image for those uh, watching, a NASA image of how much stuff is yeah, out yeah. It's amazing. Earth orbit. Yeah, the space jump. It is quite frightening. It's, yeah, it's space jump. Um, all right, so that moves us on to the share price. It's gone up again. So for the fourth straight week, um, there's been a rise. It was three fifty four eighty three, which was a, a rise of about five dollars mm-hmm. on on last week. And CNBC is saying that the Cybertruck uh, could send the stock back toward all time highs. Um, option wow. traders are saying this could be a pivotal moment, and it will send it right up there. And I think all time highs were pushing. 400 but, yep. or, or thereabouts. We've got to be realistic, you know. He's showing off a car or a vehicle that, that won't meet production, if it does, until, the, what, 21? 2021. My, my take on this is that the whole share market, some people are informed, but there are a whole bunch of absolutely. punters out there that may as well be on you know, the racetrack. Yeah, absolutely. And they hear, a, they hear a good, oh, yeah, you've got to get your money on this. Wooshka, yeah. you know, they're all over there. There's a lot of that. You could track Tesla's share price rises to Elon's tweets. That, yeah. that was all it took to, to push the, the number up. Yeah. And he got in trouble for it. But he it does, did. But JC, it does feel like, for a while there in these chats, it's sort of felt like uh, Tesla was could go either way. Yes. Yeah. It, it is starting to feel more and more and, like uh, actually... Elon admitted as much. He said yeah. they were, you know, five minutes away from having yeah. no money. Yeah. And the whole thing shutting its doors. But it does the, kind of, the, the three does kind of feel like it's turned a corner for the yep. brand, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does. The Gigafactory in Berlin, you know, building, Gigafactory building in, China. in China. Under yeah. his own brand, which no one else gets to do without yeah. a joint venture. I don't know well, it could be a very good deal on Gigafactories in yeah. Berlin and China if things yeah. don't go well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the upside. <laughs> we could shoot the podcast. Yeah, then. exactly. That? Move the bunker. In the Gigashed. Tools in the Gigashed. In the Gigabunker. I like it. So the options market um, is implying a move of about 3.7% in Tesla shares between now and the close, so right. tomorrow. Yeah, okay. So that'll be let, – and we'll be able to watch that yep. with crystal clarity. But with that, we have reached Table the already. finish line. Thank you, Chester. Thank you. And thank you, Matt. Thank you. And thanks, as always, to Mr. Pritchard for his amazing pre-, during-, and post-production wizardry. I notice he's – it's quite hot it in Sydney hot. at the moment. He's wearing a, a velvet uh, singlet. I think it's <laughs> I think it's merch from the – Bhutan national football team. I think so too, yeah. Which is generally, I, I, I did a bit of research, um, it's it's regarded as the worst football team in the world. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. heard we're going to actually launch this Velvet Singlet, Velvet singlet. On, on our Cars Guide oh. uh, ah, merch nice. site, I love which it. you can do, find on YouTube. Do they not love wear it. pants in Bhutan? Because I <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pritchard's a bit free. They very hot wear socks <laughs> with sandals. Just the one sock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Please pass on the word about the podcast and let us know your thoughts by searching for Cars God on Facebook and Instagram using the hashtag CG Podcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. If you're an iTunes listener, please rate and review us. And remember, you can watch us on YouTube. But before we go, met up with an old mate courier driver down on our driveway earlier this week. Mm-hmm. He was trying to tell a joke 
but his timing was awful. He totally stuffed up the delivery. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, James. I like it. I like that one. I like. I'll pay that one. (laughs) That was good. 